You're listening to the Bahai World News Service. The earth is but one country and mankind its citizens. I think that's the starting point. That's the starting point for social cohesion is to see us all as equal citizens of a world that goes beyond national borders, uh, that goes beyond the kinds of um, differences of race, the differences of religion, the differences of social status or economic status. And this is what I think attracts me the most to the, the Baha'i faith, is this um, central tenet of the equality of all of mankind. That was Member of Parliament Anne Ali speaking at a national conference on social cohesion and inclusion held last week in Australia by the country's Baha'i Office of External Affairs. The five-day conference celebrated the launch of a new publication titled Creating an Inclusive Narrative. This publication is the fruit of discussions that took place over the last two years among hundreds of participants, including officials, organizations of civil society, social actors, and people across all states and territories who explored together a critical question. How can a society with diverse views of history, culture, and value, some seemingly at odds with each other, forge a common identity that transcends differences and does not privilege some groups or diminish the worth of others? In the opening session of the conference, Governor of New South Wales Margaret Beasley reflected on the important role that government institutions can play in strengthening bonds among citizens. The inclusivity of the discussions that led to the excellent Baha'i document Creating an Inclusive Narrative is in itself an excellent example of an institution taking the time and the steps to engage in multi-level process of discourse with people of diverse backgrounds, genders, abilities and disabilities, ethnicities, cultures and faiths. Ida Walker of the Office of External Affairs describes how the project began. In 2017, the discourse on social cohesion was really emerging quite prominently in on the national stage across the country. And we also identified that there was a great need at the time and still is now, of course, for spaces which were unifying, where people could explore this issue free of the usual limitations, where they had enough time and without dominating voices, and where people could really listen to one another and be heard as well, that was really important. So by 2018, the Office of External Affairs had become much more engaged in this discourse and through the encouragement of civil society organizations and social actors within it and government departments as well, the idea of creating an inclusive narrative um, with the country began to take shape and emerge quite organically. And we knew that the process had to involve, you know, many voices, diverse voices from different realities throughout the whole country from east to the west, um, the rural and urban, and also from the grassroots to the national level, because this is how it was taking place across the country. And in order for this to scale, we needed many people who could facilitate. 
So then by mid-2019, small gatherings were able to be held in a few of the states. And as more facilitators were able to be identified from the different regions and different states and territories across the country, we were able to hold more gatherings and able to access every state and territory in the country. In order to assist these new facilitators, orientation sessions were held to allow them to reflect deeply on the qualities and attitudes that would be required for creating spaces that were unifying in nature. And these sessions provided them also with the opportunity to think about how they could ask probing questions to allow participants to go deeper and identify and explore concepts around this, how to foster a more socially cohesive society. One of the participants from the discussion spaces explored the need for deeper connections among the diverse people of the country. What we've seen in Australia is that lots of different pathways have come together in a really unique situation to create a knot of narratives and a knot of stories you know, that are bound together now in Australia. How willing are we now to start enmeshing or entangling those stories? In the beginning of this, there were three dominant narratives. So the Indigenous story, the colonial past, and the story of our migrant communities, and that's the most recent story, I guess you could say. But also as the project evolved over a year and as the conversation across the nation has evolved, there's a much broader acknowledgement that there are hundreds and thousands of kinds of narratives that people bring, especially from all over the world, because we are such a diverse cultural and religious country. What in our identity helps us unite with others to see each other's point of view, as opposed to when does our identity create barriers? Currently, as we know in the world here, as well as elsewhere, we see um, um, the tendency towards looking for a target for hatred or othering, if you like. We have to have a strong sense of I, who I am, and that could be defined by our childhood, our culture and language or religion, whatever. And then how do we transcend that into um, broadening that to include others with perhaps a different sense of identity? Participants in the project recognized that although difficult at first, identifying common values would be necessary to overcoming barriers to greater degrees of harmony. Venus Khalesi of the country's Baha'i Office of External Affairs describes the effect the pandemic has had on the ability of participants to develop a greater sense of shared identity. At first, there was hesitation from participants to speak about values out of the fear of offending others. But as the pandemic hit, everyone saw that when faced with crisis, people become more kind, more generous, and more open to strangers. This had a significant impact on how we saw ourselves as a society and on our ability to articulate the kinds of values we wish to see lasting beyond the crisis. Our shared human values became a common reference point including spiritual principles such as justice, compassion, and our inherent oneness. These discussions have revealed that a vital capacity is required for identifying shared values, described in the publication as an openness to adaptation and flexibility in embracing beliefs, values, and practices that are helpful in addressing the issues of today and discarding those that are outdated. 
some of the values, qualities, and characteristics identified by participants and captured in the publication include the oneness of humanity and unity and diversity, consultation as a means for collective decision-making, recognizing the nobility and dignity of all people, collaboration, a posture of learning in all matters, and an openness to new ways of living. Ms. Walker explains how this experience has revealed that the challenge to finding common ground is not a lack of shared values, but rather that there is a lack of spaces where people can come to know one another at a deeper level. Brian Adams, director of the Center for Interfaith and Cultural Dialogue at Griffith University in Queensland, who also served on the advisory board for creating an inclusive narrative, shares his perspectives on the project. We're not trying to artificially create a broad identity, but what the project has tried to do is tease out or pull out the threads of what we see our identity as being and then weaving them together into this, into this narrative. Rather, it's something that in collaboration with and respectful listening to and a lot of work um, create that, um, that identity together. Natalie Mobini, director of the Baha'i Office of External Affairs and a member of the Baha'i National Spiritual Assembly of Australia, explains the possibilities for engaging many more segments of society as a result of the relationships that have been built among institutions, government, and civil society through this process. When the Office of External Affairs embarked on the project, I don't think we realized how big it would become. One of the project's most promising outcomes is the relationships built among those who participated. A network of people has emerged spanning the country from groups and community leaders at the local level to state and national government departments. In her remarks at the conference, Dr. Anne Ali, MP, drew on insights from academic literature to explore how new conceptions of social cohesion can more broadly permeate society. We cannot consider peace to just be or merely be the absence of war. So too, social cohesion cannot merely be considered the absence of discord or disunity within a society. Dr. Anne Ali also referred to the following passage from the Baha'i writings, describing it as relevant to discussions on social cohesion. Whenever I read this, um, I feel such uh, light and wisdom uh, in this quote. Be generous in prosperity and thankful in adversity, and be worthy of the trust of thy neighbour, and look upon him with a bright and friendly face. Be as a lamp unto them that walk in darkness, a joy to the sorrowful, a sea for the thirsty, a haven for the distressed, an upholder and defender of the victim of oppression. Be a home for a stranger, a balm to the suffering, a tower of strength for the fugitive, a breath of life to the body of mankind, an ensign of the hosts of justice, a luminary above the horizon of virtue, a dew to the soil of the human heart, an ark on the ocean of knowledge, a sun in the heaven of bounty, a gem on the diadem of wisdom, a shining light in the firmament of thy generation, a fruit upon the tree of humility. For more information, visit news.bahai.org.